and um, we're very excited for the opportunity. She has had a um, a phone interview, and um, there we go. Uh, she's had a phone interview, uh, and uh, she um, this week she'll find out if she's accepted uh, into going. Um, for short term, either a year or two, uh, into uh, missions and, and, and ministry, uh, where she will be traveling to different churches, um, singing uh, with a group, ministering uh, at revivals and uh, uh, youth uh, programs and camps. Uh, she'll be serving for six weeks. In a camp in uh, in Pennsylvania uh, as a, as a counselor, and uh, possibly going to uh, Jamaica or Zambia uh, as um, a group, and so we're super excited about the opportunity. And um, Lord's kind of opened up doors, and uh, so pray for her. Uh, if she gets accepted, it's going to happen. Uh, very, very rapidly, and um, so she'll she'll be going in August, and she'll be gone for at least a year uh, there um, uh, up there in uh, Pennsylvania, and so um, we're super excited for her, super proud of her, and um, let's see what the Lord's going to do uh, in her life, and uh, so thank you for uh, your prayers and your investment in her life through the years, and uh, she was five years old when we came to this church. So this is really the only church that she's known, that she's grown up in, and um, I say it all the time, many of you have uh, names that aren't your name, uh, that she calls you, and uh, that your own kids and grandkids call you, uh, because you have invested in her life, and we are very thankful for that, and um, uh, thankful for uh, every time she gets up and uh, sings and uses um, what God has uh, gifted her with uh, for the Lord. I did tell her, however, I, I'm a little biased, but I did tell her uh, she's got to stop singing some of these songs, because then when I go and listen to the artist sing it, I think... They stink. I mean, they can't sing for nothing. And uh, I was watching one. She was, she was singing. Uh, she sang too, not too long ago. I'd never heard the song, and I went back and listened to the artist, and I thought to myself, man, that, I mean, that's not even close. I mean, that girl messed it up. She's the one that wrote the song and sang it. Uh, but, uh, of course, you know, I'm a little biased as well. So um, uh, super thankful uh, for Emma and uh, how the Lord uh, is uh, using her uh, in her life. John chapter 8 this morning. John chapter number 8 this morning. And um, I want to um, kind of talk about the, um, um, the outcome of the freedoms that we have in our country the outcome of the freedoms that we have uh, in our country. John chapter number 8 and verse number 32. By the way, just FYI, every, every time we sing that song, I don't care what the hymnal says. It's such a worm as I. I, I guess we just don't want to be offensive. I guess that's why we changed it. I don't know. But I, I tell you, 
if I'm in another church and they're singing that song, I always say, such a worm as I, and people look at me like, no, 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 that's what the song says. And um, by the way, such a worm as I. That's accurate, folks. And um, uh, I just, just love that song. Just an old, one of those old hymns uh, I just absolutely love. Chapter number 8, verse number 32, the book of John. The Bible says, And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, We be of Abraham's seed, and were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, ye shall be made free? We're not in bondage. What are you talking about? By the way, often... When Jesus was speaking, especially when he was speaking to the multitudes and when he was speaking and the Sadducees and the Pharisees and the Essens and all these groups, these religious groups were present. By the way, know this and understand this. There is a difference between Christianity and religion. Big difference between Christianity and religion. So these religious crowds, they'd get around and man, what was their goal? Their goal was always to trip, trick, and corner Jesus. They try to catch him in saying what he shouldn't say, try to con- try to try to trick him with something that they were gonna they were gonna say to see if he'd go against the law. They were constantly doing this. So Jesus is speaking here, and Jesus said, Listen, the truth will make you free. You know what they said? Listen, we don't need to be made free. We're not, we're, we're of Abraham's seed. Hey, we're, we're a different guy. Because you know what? The multitudes and even the disciples would often get confused because Jesus would often be, be speaking in the spiritual and they would only understand in the physical. They would only understand what he was saying. Phys- so he said, listen, we're, we're not in bondage. We, we, we're already free. We're of Abraham's seed. Listen to what he says in verse 34. Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. And the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth forever. So, verse number 36, If the son, therefore, shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. What, did, what was Jesus' ultimate goal? What, why did Jesus come to this earth? Did he perform miracles? Yes. Did the blind see? Did the deaf hear? Did the dumb speak? Did the, the lame walk? Did the dead live again? Yes. Did Jesus come and preach? Uh, be, was the greatest preacher to ever live? Absolutely. Read the book of Matthew, read the Beatitudes, read the Sermon on the Mount, read what Jesus preached. Greatest preacher to ever live, yes. But Jesus came for a purpose. He came for a reason. What was that purpose and that reason? It was to seek and to save that which was lost. Jesus understood this. Man could not be reconciled to God through the efforts of man. We get that, right? What, what does it mean? It means it's, it's not by works of righteousness. It's not the things that we can do that save us. 
You can come to church, you can give in the offering, you can be baptized, you can be confirmed, you can join the church, you can do all these things, but none of them will save you. Because good works can't save you. Why? Two reasons. One, because God said they can't, and that's enough. But number two, if good works could save you, how much? I don't know why that's never asked. I don't understand why people don't ask, okay, if good works saves me, then how much good works can save me? Is it good works that outweigh my bad works? Because, folks, we have no hope. If I have to do more good works in my life than I have done bad works in my life, such a worm as I. We think, too, we, too, we think too well of ourselves. We're not going to stand one day, this picture that we have in our head, we're not going to stand one day and stand at the gates and, and Peter's going to be at the gate and Peter's going to weigh our good works and our bad works. Your good works outweigh your bad works, the gate opens and we walk through the pearly gates. Bad works outweigh our good works, trap door opens. Now, they never say you go down to hell, but they just indicate that you Go down. Listen, that's so far from being biblical. First of all, Peter's not judging anything. You, you understand that, right? We're not going to stand before Peter one day. By the way, you should be really thankful for that. We're going to stand before Jesus Christ one day. One day every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. Not that Peter was a great guy or that he was the first priest or that he was a preacher. No, we're going we're gonna to bow our knee and we're going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. That's what we're going to do. hope you're doing that now. But one day I'm telling you, every atheist, every agnostic, every religious person, every single person, is going to bow the knee and they're going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. How do I know that? Because the Bible says so. You see, Jesus said, if the Son will make you free, then you're free. But what did He say before that? The truth will set you free. You see, you don't have to be in bondage to the things that religion teaches. You don't have to be in bondage to the things that false teachers and false churches teach. Why don't you have to be in bondage? Because the truth sets us free. When you know the truth, this is what God's Word says. So if this is what God's Word says, understand this, let God be true in every man a liar. What does that mean? Does that mean every man's a liar? No, it means this. If a man comes up with something that's contrary to the Word of God, God always trumps man. Does that make sense? I think we think that makes sense logically. I think we think they, that makes sense in church, but I don't think sometimes we think that makes sense practically. Here's the bottom line. If Jesus said that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved... And it's not by works, but it's by grace. Then everybody that teaches by works is what? They're wrong. That's unbelievable to me that we don't want to consider people wrong. We consider it to be offensive. But understand this. We should be, we should be connected to the truth of the Word of God. And if God says this is true, then anything that's contrary to that is false. 
Does that make sense? God has made us free through His Word, but then God has made us free in Jesus Christ. You see, we celebrate freedoms in our country. We have the free... Although, open up your eyes, folks. We're losing a lot of those freedoms, and we're losing them rapidly. But we're supposed to have the freedom of speech, right? You should be able to go out and, 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 and stand out on the street and, and say, listen, I, I am not for this government, I, 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 and you can protest. Try doing that in a communist country. Try going on a, in a communist tr- country, try going and making a YouTube video about, about your government or about you know, whatever you feel like. No, 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 they control all that. You don't have those freedoms. You don't have those freedoms in, in communistic and socialistic societies. Does it, am- does it amaze you how many people want to live in a socialistic society? Listen, before we ever become socialists, we ought to go to a socialistic society and live there for a little while. Just saying. We're free. And can I tell you, we celebrate Memorial Day because some people throughout the ages have given their lives. The ultimate sacrifice. I've served my country. Many of you have served your country. And praise the Lord for that. What, what a blessing it is. By the way, I'd serve it again. But I'm here to tell you, some people went beyond that and gave their lives. And the wars that we have... Matter of fact, when it all started with Decoration Day... Uh, it was the Civil War, and, and, and what a, just a terrible war. Everybody, or almost everybody that died in the Civil War were Americans. I mean, both sides. Now, we kid around all the time, you know, it's just a, especially down south, boy, south, you guys are hardcore. You're like, it's like Georgia fans. I mean, they're hardcore Georgia fans. Hardcore Southerners. It's like, it's like the North is another country. It, it, it's all the same country. Listen, I got that. I heard that. It's all the same country, right? And a lot of people died. World War One and World War Two. I mean, Vietnam. All these wars that we have gone through through the ages and through uh, the decades and, and through the centuries. These are wars that people gave their lives so that we can have freedom. Think about this. I just want you to think about this for just a second. Those freedoms. Now, listen. We have freedom in Jesus Christ. So whether you're in a communist country, socialistic country, no matter what kind of country you're in, you can still have freedom in Jesus Christ. Because if the Son makes you free, and you're free indeed, it don't matter what kind of bondage the world is in, we're free in Jesus Christ. And if you're not saved and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, listen to me, Jesus Christ died for you. He paid your sin debt. Wouldn't it be great? Wouldn't this be wonderful? I mean, you got a credit card and you got $15,000 in debt on that credit card. And, and, that, and, and every month, you ain't, you're paying like 62 cents a principal and you're paying the rest of it, you know, if you're paying your minimum payment, you're going to pay that credit card the rest of your life, basically. That's how they have it worked out. They're really, really smart. And so you pay that every month, every month, every month. And boy, it becomes a drudgery and it becomes so, it becomes so difficult to pay it. And then one month, the bill comes in and, it, and there's nothing owed on the bill. You look and you see that somebody 
had paid your entire bill, all $15,000. Now I'm here to tell you, some of y'all would have a charismatic moment. I mean, you'd jump up. I mean, you'd scream and holler. I mean, you'd just be so excited. Why? Because the debt you owed, you owe no more. So we don't say, oh man, I am so thankful that somebody paid this $15,000. I'm going to send my $300 payment anyways. Probably not. And then next month, you don't owe anything, and you're going to, yeah... I'm just going to pay it anyways. No, it's already paid in full. What in the world are you doing trying to pay for something that's already been paid for? Do you understand spiritually where I'm coming from with Jesus Christ? He paid your sin debt. He paid it in full. He died on the cross. He shed His blood. And that perfect innocent blood was shed so that you could be reconciled back to God. That's a, that's a good thing. Isn't it silly? Listen to me. Isn't it silly that we're trying through good works and through baptism and through coming to church and through giving and through being confirmed? We're trying to do something that's already been finished. It's already been complete. The thief on the cross never said, okay, hold up. <laughs> Can't go to paradise until I get down. Get, go to the Jordan. Get baptized. Go to the temple. And I, want to I want to join there. And then... And then I'll hop back up on the cross and then I'll be with you in paradise. No, Jesus said, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. Because it had nothing to do with the works of the thief on the cross. It had everything to do with the man in the middle of the cross who paid our sin debt. What a great thing. We're free in Christ. But we've been set free in our country too. Do you, do you realize you could have been born somewhere else? People that are born in socialistic countries, people that are born in Islamic countries, they didn't choose to be born there. They didn't, they didn't get a choice to be born there. That's where they were born. And they were born in those circumstances. And thank God that they can be set free in Christ. But here in the United States of America, at least currently, we have freedom. And as I was thinking about this freedom, the freedoms that we have, I was thinking about what we're doing today. I think what we're doing today has been absolutely taken for granted in our country. This idea, this, this Hebrews chapter 10 verse 25 idea. What does the Bible say in Hebrews chapter 10 verse 25? That we should not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. That as we see things grow worse, we should be meeting more and not less. But we miss church for everything. Now, I get it. I'm preaching to you that are here on Memorial Day weekend here in church. I get it. But I'm, I'm telling you, we miss church for absolutely everything. And here's the reason why. Church has not landed as a priority in our lives today. This gathering together. You see, this idea that we can have church at home. For years, I mean years, I've been against. Not against, I just haven't been real excited about the whole 
recording recording the services. And I'm glad we have, through COVID, made us do that. And I'm glad because of our shut-ins. But you know, what, you know what it often does? It often gives people the opportunity to stay home that could be in church. Well, I'm watching church at watching church online a lot of churches have gone to small groups i am not against small groups i've got a bunch of books on small groups i think sunday school is small groups but they've gone to such small groups that some churches have groups of people in their homes and maybe one or two or this family over here or there's something different about corporately gathering together with God's people. There's something different about iron sharpening iron. It's something different about bearing one another's burdens. There's something different about looking somebody in the eyeballs. Technology is absolutely a great thing. I mean, absolutely a great thing. You can now, don't you, you can now on your phone just punch in an address and it'll tell you where to go. You don't have to get out an atlas. You don't have to get out a map. My father-in-law, he loves maps. I mean, I could, Dad, I'm not go, the, the GPS is telling me to go this way. I'm not going that way. Because every time I go your way, two things happen. One, it adds an hour to my time. And two, I go through the worst neighborhood in the city. I'm going this way, Dad. I'm thankful for technology, right? We have technology. But let me tell you what technology's done. Technology has allowed us to be cowards. Do you hear me? Be cowards. Because now we can say things over Facebook or Instagram or through text or through email that we would never have the nerve to say face-to-face. There's something about being able to meet together and knowing what other people are going through and being there for each other. There's something about gathering. And God has put us in a country and given us freedoms. And men and women have given their lives so that we can have the freedom on Sundays and Wednesdays and whatever other day we want to meet to come and gather together. Something about it. Something about a, the piano and the organ playing. Something about singing together. Something about rubbing shoulders uh, uh, with one another. Something about uh, being there for, for one another. We have been set free to gather. Think about this. Okay, so my intro is done. I, I don't get it. Sometimes I just don't get it. But listen, let me give you a couple things. Number one, we need to gather together. We need to gather together. I want to give you this first one because I think it's important. We need to gather together for purpose. For purpose. Do you realize, I know you do. I know you do. I know you realize it practically. And I know you realize it because I say it all the time. But God has got us here for purpose. God has got us here for a reason. And sometimes we have gotten so selfish that all we think about is ourselves. All we think about is what's in it for me. Okay, is, is something in it for my family? Is it something in it? Now, listen, when we, if I was to go searching for a church, and I'm not a pastor, if I'm not a pastor, and I go searching for a church, and I have a, a, a family, what am I going to do? I'm going to go search for a church. There's several things I'm going to look at when I go to that church, right? If i got small children, I'm going to look at the children's program. 
Why? Because I'm responsible for my children. And I want my children to be in a good children's program. If I have teenagers, I want to see if that church has a good teen program. Who's the leader of that program? What are some of the activities they do? That's some of the things that I'm going to look for. If I have young adults that are still in my house, I'm going to look at the young adult ministry. There's some things that we're looking at. I'm going to look at the preaching. I'm going to look at the singing. I'm going to look at all these things. But let me tell you what we don't do anymore. I'm not saying those things are bad. Those things are res- we're responsible for. But you know what we don't do anymore? We don't go to church and say, where can I serve? What ministry do they have that the gifts that God has given me, I can put to practice in this church? How can, how can I fit? How can I be a blessing? You know why? Because often we forget that God has got a purpose for our lives. God wants you, listen to me, God wants you plugged in. Now, it looks different for different people, doesn't it? Sometimes God wants you up front where people see. Sometimes God wants you behind the scenes. But God wants you doing something. Maybe it's there to encourage. Maybe it's there to pray. Maybe it's there to preach. Maybe it's there to fill in the, in the Sunday school. Maybe it's there for the children's program. Maybe it's there for the music. Whatever it is, God has gifted you. If for one second you think as a born-again individual that you're not gifted, you've been lied to by the devil. And you're lying to yourself. Because God has gifted all of us. He's just, he's just gifted us in different ways. I don't go to bed at night with, with, with my head swimming and me thinking to myself, man, I just wish I could sing like Forrest. I don't. Matter of fact, I don't even sing. I don't even think about that. Listen, when I, when I sing, I just sing. If you don't like it, close your ears. I'm not singing for you. I'm singing for the Lord. But I do understand that God has gifted to... I am not joining the choir. If you ask me to sing in the trio, been here 13 years, never been asked that. But if you ever asked me to sing in the trio, I'm going to tell you no. Why? Because God hasn't gifted me in that area, and I'm okay with that. You see, our problem is we're not doing our purpose because we're so worried about somebody else's gift. Boy, if I had that gift... Or if I, man, I'd really serve the Lord if I had that gift. Stop worrying about what you don't have and start being thankful for what you do have, for what God has gifted you with, and begin to use that for the Lord Jesus Christ. That's one of the purposes of us gathering together. Think about this in the book of Philippians, Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2 and verse number 12. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God which worketh in you, both to will and to do his good pleasure. You know what that means? I'm yours, Lord. Everything I've got. Everything I have, everything I'm not, I'm yours, Lord. Here am I, that's what Isaiah said, here am I, send me. Let me tell you, let me tell you what Paul said when he was saved on, on the Damascus Road. Paul said, Lord, what would thou have me to do? 
Where do you want me plugged in? Why? Because when we are where we're supposed to be, God plugs us in to the places that we need. Why? Because we have purpose. Don't have time, but I'm going to give them to you. Listen to this. When it comes to purpose, what is the purpose of the church? What is the purpose of God's people? Evangelization. Philippians chapter 1, verse 27. Edification. Philippians 4, verses 17 through 19. Emulation. What is emulation? Aren't we supposed to be like Christ? I mean, aren't we supposed to conform to the image of God's dear Son? Emulation. Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 8. Elevation. He's supposed to be high and lifted up in our lives. Elevation. Philippians 2, 9 through 11. Education. Education. <laughs> listen, listen, we ought to be growing in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 10. And then evaluation. Evaluation. Philippians 3 verses 12 through 14. Evaluation. What am I doing? What am I doing? Where am I doing it? Why am I doing it? Shouldn't we be asking those questions of ourselves? God, why do you have me here for such a time as this? Isn't that what Mordecai was trying to get across to Esther? Maybe Lord's got you here. Maybe God's got you here for such a time as this, Esther. You know what it made, you know what it made Esther do? It made her think. Oh, wait a minute. Why am I here? Why did God put me in this situation? Not here just as a church. But here in the circumstances that you find yourself in life, in your family, in your relationships, in your workplace, in your church, and everywhere we go, let's not leave church and forget the purposes that God has for our life. God's got a purpose for your life, whether you're sitting here at the church or you're at the beach or you're in the Walmart or wherever you might be. God's purposes haven't changed. We just often forget that God's got a purpose for our life. Set free. And we've been set free to gather, to gather for purpose. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Heads about this morning, our eyes are closed. We have freedom. And when Jesus Christ sets you free, church, you're free indeed. But you're not free just to go do what you want to do. You're free so that you can serve Him. You're free that you can honor Him. 